All right. Well, welcome everyone to uh, Open My Career Stories once again. I'm your host, Mike Milstead, President and Managing Partner with the LAK Group. And uh, we're a human capital consulting firm focusing on culture, talent, leadership, and outplacement. As everyone knows, this podcast is called Open My Career Stories. And the promise of this podcast is really quite simple. It's, it's to have real life people telling their own stories in their words. And the purpose is really to understand their journey, to learn from the experiences that people have had and perhaps, you know, going through still today, but to find some inf inspiration from their stories. This is really about what what has happened to people along their path, along their career story. And, and we really get to understand how people have chosen to drive their career. And over the years, I've had a chance to be, be able to meet some incredible people. And our guest today, Sammy, you're, you're no different than anyone that I've, I've met in that way. You're a remarkable human being. And uh, the little I know about your story, I, I just really want to hear more. So, Sammy, first off, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I'd love you to do a, a quick introduction of yourself for our, our uh, listeners, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, thank you for having me, Mike. I'm really excited to be a part of this process. Um, my name is Sammy Lancia. I live here in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. I've been here for about 25, 26 years. We have a hobby horse farm. I tr have trained horses and taught lessons my whole life. Um, but that's my side hustle. <laughs> um, <laughs> My uh, my professional career was 25 years at an international com uh, company working in sourcing and then moving to their legal department uh, before I was asked by the owner to come up and run their nonprofit foundation right here in Kenosha. So I'm an energetic person, as you can probably tell. I'm a people person, but I'm also a process person. So that kind of worked right up um, uh, my alley. So I was really excited to do that. And it was a great opportunity for many years. Great. Well, thank you. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what brought us together. Sure, sure. As I said, I worked for an international company for 25 years. It was a great stint. I relish every moment that I had with the company and the people. I learned a lot. But as with many companies during COVID, they got hit hard and um, it was time to make my move and um, I left, um, we, we separated. So that was really um, an opportunity to, what I thought was to grow myself and really, really um, start my search of my new career and take all those opportunities. But I quickly found out that it was a little harder than I thought after being established at one place for 25 years. I I really, at that point, was kind of getting frustrated. I was in the nonprofit world at the time. So as we know, COVID impacted the nonprofit world and things didn't go as smoothly as I thought. So I reached back out to the company that I was working with and they paired me up with, with LAK, which is exactly what I needed at that moment in time. And um, I was grateful for that opportunity and and then we moved on from there. So you had mentioned just a second ago that it 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 wasn't exactly what you expected when when you first made the change. It was a little bit difficult. Tell me a little bit about some of the struggles that you kind of experienced as you entered into this change. Sure. Well, I you know as you can imagine, I had a large network in the nonprofit world. I mean, that's your whole life for 15 years. All I did was network with local businesses and network with people at social events and raised money for the nonprofit. So I 
just thought, well, I'm going to go out to all these people. And, but again, it was during COVID and um, the process that I was taking was more of the experience I had from the nonprofit and things have changed since I did my resume. Things had changed uh, the way you, the way you conduct a job search. It wasn't, you know, a lot of face-to-face. There was a lot of virtual. Also, we are in the for the job search. We're in a very much a robotic state, where I mean, there's resume readers, and you don't. I can I can talk to the person. I can sell myself. I can sell my product, honestly, with integrity and and believable, because that's who I am. I am very true. I don't. Um, I have no fluff. I'm just who I am, and so. But, it's part of your charm, Sammy. Really <laughs> well, thank you. But I, you know, there's a few roadblocks there. So I needed somebody to help teach me to um, the best approach to take. So I was very grateful for that from LAK. They really kind of sat down, gave me a little structure of where we are now in the world. And um, then I also had to rebrand myself. Um, that was something I haven't done. I really had to take a look. You know, when you're in your comfort level and you're a leader in, a, in an organization, people come to you. You're the, you're the go-to person. You're the one that they come to. You're the one that you give direction. And then I didn't have that anymore. Now I was like, okay, well, I needed to go to people now. And who who was that? And how was I going to structure that? And then I also had to reevaluate myself, reevaluate myself and see what I really wanted. Because as you work for an organization or you work in a specific area, um, you become that. You become that. And I had to really think, is that what I wanted to continue to do? I love my nonprofit work. It's very rewarding. But at this stage of my life, did it fit within my family? Did it fit within my lifestyle? Now this is an opportunity where my lifestyle has changed at this point in my life. And is this what I was still looking for? So the team at LAK really helped me determine what my non-negotiables were, what my rebranding looked like, and find what I really wanted to do. That's fantastic. So after 25 years, tell me a little bit about the process to to go back and figure out what it was that you really wanted. Um, a lot of discussion with LAK and and your coaches, and then also them pushing me to really dig in deep and talk to my family too, because this is a process for the whole family. I mean, this is not just your decision. Of course, when things come across your path, you see dollars, you see travel, you see maybe a title. Everybody has their own thing that a specific item that makes them feel important. Okay. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's title. Sometimes it's just the group of people that you're with or it's the job. Uh, but also your, your family is impacted by that, whether it's a longer travel, longer hours. So I really had to sit down and say, what I made a list of what my non-negotiables. I spoke with my husband about it. I did a lot of travel in the nonprofit world, a lot of travel. Was that the best for for us at this point? Um, long hours. Did I want to, you know, when you're working in a nonprofit, you are not just working eight to five or nine to five or whatever it is. You are also working evening and weekends events. Did I want to still do that? Maybe, maybe my, um, 
my new career looked like a nine to five and then I volunteered for nonprofits so I could still fill that need. So if I was going to give up that need that I relish so much of the, you know, helping people and being in the community, then I needed to fill it another way. So those were some of the things I really and then during COVID, to be honest with you, the salaries, which I was accustomed to in the nonprofit world were not existing. It was very limited unless I traveled to a big city, Milwaukee or Chicago. Did I want to do that? Did I want the hour of travel? And then you have to be in that community that you serve to get the best benefit for your nonprofit. I wasn't too sure, to be honest with you, after your team made me kind of look at it, if that's what I really wanted to do. That's very interesting. Um, Sammy, in the conversations that we've had in, in kind of the, the discussions that we've had around trying to figure out what good looks like, trying to figure out, you know, what your career path could look like as you start moving forward, figuring out what you really wanted. Um, it strikes me. Um, I, I'd like to understand a little bit about how you found the path to your current job. Kind of what was that? What was that path? What did that look like? And what surprised you about the process? Well, I've always considered myself um a great relationship builder. Like I said, I'm a, a, purple, a, a people person and building relationships are huge and building strong um, relationships with integ integrity and trust is really important to me. And those are all the relationships I built in the nonprofit world. But I always built that in my early career in the legal department and with the business units and with the C-suite executives and with anybody that came into my life, even here at the farm. Um, I've just been very transparent in everything I do, my feelings. And I think that's really important that that has really helped me um, build a network and um, depend on that network, whether it's when you have a personal crisis or um, you're struggling in life in general, because we, as we know, life is ups and downs. And I've always, I've always known that I could count on some, going back to any one of those relationships without guilt. And I say that without guilt is because I truly know that I would be there for them just like they would be there for me. And I think when you bring strong, build strong relationships with integrity and trust and um, truth that you have no guilt because that's a true friendship. And one of my friendships that I've always remained over these years was my first person, um, the first attorney that I worked with, Ellen Smith, at um, my first at Jockey. She was a, a mentor. She was wonderful. She We worked great together. Early on in our career, we identified each of our weaknesses. She had some, I had some, uh, we all have them, but we complimented each other. And we weren't afraid to be honest about our weaknesses and say, well, I'll get it started. You you clean it up or that's not where I want to do. You do it because, you know, I'm not good at it. And I think that's, you know, that's one thing that's been great. And over the years, I've I stayed in contact with Ellen and many times she has come back and um, and uh, asked me to join her wherever she's at. But life again happens and that never worked out. So when this change happened, I actually reached back out to her and and I was having a, um, I was having a, an imposter syndrome where I just felt that nothing I was touching was that I wasn't good enough for anything. I was truly having a moment. So I reached out to her and I said, you know, I really need help. And I asked, I asked her what she thought of my work. 
And she goes, I loved your work. If I didn't, I wouldn't be calling you all the time. I loved working with you. You're a great person. And um, she goes, stop that. And what can I do to help? And blah, blah, blah. And she goes, at that point, she had just um, started her own business uh, and left her C-suite executive job at a very multinational company. And she said, if I could hire you right now, I would, but let me know. And we just networked and she introduced me to people and we just kept in touch and she was my coach um, when I was down. And that's the other thing is it was great. LAK was my coach, but one thing that um, they, um, that your coach told me is make sure you get somebody outside in a professional and you know away from the personal because there, there is a lot of personal and so i i you know i really got close um and again with ellen but networking too is not just making one contact really cultivating that network you know it's great to reach out and call people but cultivate it really stay on top they want to help you i know sometimes we feel that um it's an imposition They'll tell you if it's in imposition, really. They'll say, you know, I just really don't have time. They really will, but don't be afraid. Don't always read in what the other person's thinking. Be proactive. Be positive. Ask them. They people want to be asked for advice. Advice, um, and that and that's what I was early on. Um, I was lacking a little bit. Is I would reach out to them, but really wouldn't engage in conversation more than one or two calls. And I think you really need to do that and ask them. Don't be afraid to ask. Can I use you for a mentor? Or can I use you for assistance? They want to be asked. Don't just say, well, if you have time, could you help me if I call you? Of course, everybody's going to say yes. Really put the ask what you really want, what you're looking for, because so many times we don't do that. And then um, we feel like we're imposing. But getting back to, I know I got a little. Uh, no, no, no. And Sammy, I think that I think that's a really great point, though, because networking is one of those things that we talk about all the time. Right. Networking, networking, networking. It becomes this almost catchphrase that we don't know how to define. But once we start doing it, the way you do networking matters everything right it really matters a lot and not transferring the responsibility of your search to someone else when you're doing it right in other words networking to network to to understand someone's experience in something asking them for advice for review for uh recommendations for mentorship those types of things it's such a better way than meeting with someone and saying hey i'm out of work do you know of anything or could you pass my resume on to or um, could you put so-and-so in contact with me? You know, we talk about this all the time, Sammy. And I think that's the big mystery about networking is that people don't know how to network humanely. They don't know how to network in a way that really disarms the people that they're trying to work with. And this is a great example of, of really recognizing your own need from a networking standpoint, and then being able to read the room, so to speak, and ask for that help. You know, you talked a little bit about imposter syndrome. You talked a little bit about asking questions. I, I'm really curious, and it, we, I promise we'll get right back to where we were, okay. but you, you talked a little bit about self-esteem and self-confidence and, and these types of things. Tell me a little bit about how you think that impacted the progress of your search. Well, I, I think it um, I think it impacted me a lot because I would make the connections, but I wasn't reconnecting. Um, I, and to be honest, I was ashamed in the beginning. I was ashamed that, you know, I was this prominent person with this organization out in the public, and then I was no longer, you know, and I think that 
I felt that um, I was missing who I had become. Like I said, just, you you become who, what position or what role you are in your company. So when that's taken away, I was a little lost, to be honest with you. I have my horses and I have, I, and, and I know I'm a good person and I know um, all those wonderful things. Um, in the beginning, it wasn't a problem. It was like, I got it like any other project. You're going, we're gonna, I, you know, I was the go-to person to make things happen and I did. So I figured that's where I was gonna go. And then when it didn't happen, you know, you go through a grieving process and then you go Everybody. to the, through the imposter process. And then um, uh, you listen to people, but you don't hear them. Okay, you listen to all these things you're supposed to be doing, but you're really not hearing them. Because I think back in your head as a leader, you think, oh, this is just another stumbling block, challenge, uh, stumbling block and challenge that you will overcome. Strong people just do that. Well, then I started not feeling so strong and that imposter syndrome came. So um, really finding that networking was just not hitting a like button or sending a message. It was really reconnecting and engaging in conversation and making the time. I think we have to, um, we can do a lot of, we can be a, a strong person and I don't want to say be lazy, but we can go out there and, and, and spin our wheels, but we're really not gaining any ground. So I, I think just getting out there and reconnecting with people and truly not hitting a button on a, on a, a resume, a submit or, or hitting a like button and knowing that there's going to be a lot of no's and yeses. And what this turns into here is a connection that may connect you with somebody else. Everybody that I sent my resume to had all these great things to say. And then when you're not getting any results, it's it's hard. You get, it, it weighs on your mental. And then if you have a financial impact that you weren't expecting, it could weigh on that. And then that weighs on your your personal relationships at home. And then, you know, everything, it, it spirals. So what I felt that I had was I really need to est establish a really good support system. I thought I had one, but I really need to take somebody from the outside, my mentor, Ellen, speak to my husband, my kids, and then just I grabbed somebody that I had a connection with and said, hey, can you, can I really use you to help further my career? And can you really be honest with me and be my truth buster and look at things and, and commit to some time to me? And they did. That's fantastic. And being able to have the kind of network that you can rely on because of how you built your network, you know, trusting that you built that network in the right way and that you have these relationships is, you know, this is this it. This is the proof of that, right? Being able to find those. But Sammy, I didn't mean to pull you away from your story. Let's go back to your your, your conversation and your your mentor and kind of uh, um, the the uh, the last part of that story, if you don't mind. Yeah. So during my career search, um, I, I'll use the old saying: I was I was many times I was the uh, the bridesmaid, never the bride. I'd get down to the the last interview, one-on-one, -on you know, after seven interviews. And trust me, nowadays, there's a lot more interviews than they used to be. You would go in there and you'd interview, um, you'd do a couple phone, and then you'd be in there um, in person. And then it was like maybe with an executive team, then you were done. Now I find there's a lot more interviews. Companies are looking for that perfect person. And um, anyways, I got back to my... Um, my rebranding and I decided my non-negotiables were I was not going to work the 
120 hours a week that I was working or the 60 hours. I didn't want to travel more than an hour from work, preferably 30. And I really wanted the proverbial work-life balance, a remote or a hybrid work um, model. Those were just my non-negotiables at this time of my, uh, at this stage of my life. So speaking with Ellen, that was my mentor, my early boss. She said, you know, she called me back. I called her. I was actually interviewing for a very large pharmaceutical company in the area. And they had just recently called me and said, we really love you, but we want you for a different position. It was a management position. Can you interview with a couple executives next week? I said, that would be great. I told Ellen that as I was speaking with her and she said, wait, she goes, go ahead and interview with them, but I'm going to make you an offer. And I'm in the middle of selling my company or a portion of the company that I um, was working with. Um, and I really would like to, you to work, you know, work for me. But if this deal doesn't go through, I can't afford you. I mean, that was just really it. Do you want to take the risk? And she checked every everything on my box, everything. Um, I was a little nervous because I was going back into an industry that I started in. So I we, we discussed all that. Um, and um, I still did a little bit of that, but not at the level that I would be doing it now. So that that was one of our discussions and it was a great discussion. And the uh, job offer came in from the large pharmaceutical company. And I went back to her and said, here I have, I have a couple days to think about it. And then she made me a job offer that I couldn't refuse. And so here I am. We started with three people in the company. And nine months later, we have 11 new people with us. And it's the perfect job for me. So patience, I, if I could say it anything, trust in the process you know, make a plan, have a support person, network, 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 trust in the process, trust in the process. Um, and don't be afraid to have ups and downs. You know, those are amazing lessons learned about your, your process um, and kind of the, the path that you've taken. What did you learn about yourself as you went through this? Because uh, I hear a, a lot of uh shades of resiliency, a lot of, uh, you know, focus on, on really what you want to be doing. And, and that's what I hear in your story. But I'm curious, what, what are those what are those lessons that you've learned about yourself? Well, um, I think the biggest part is I really got caught in a comfort level. And that became who I was. And I, I think and I was good at what I did. I mean, I was great at my job and I love my job and there was a lot of rewarding moments, but I'd never put myself first. And I think here I decided it was a time to put myself first and you can have it all. I mean, you can have, you just have to have patience and you have to be honest with yourself. I am the, ha I am the happiest I've been in 25 years working with this woman. One, she has the values that I respect and trust and the integrity. So she aligns with my values, trust and integrity. She's driven like, like I am. She's very transparent. And those are all qualities that were really important to me. So I learned to ask 
and don't put your well put yourself first don't put yourself second um, I have a lot of good qualities excellent qualities that I can share with others and you will have ups and downs and there is no perfect job but this is about as perfect as it can get right now I think uh, and um, I, and I think that's the the biggest lesson is that you will have ups and downs put yourself first be true to yourself be true to yourself what really fits in your lifestyle we have a saying um, in the horse world there's no perfect horse and you can't ride color because you know everybody wants a beautiful colorful horse because everybody goes oh well that's not always what you need and if you don't address your needs first no matter what it looks like on paper you're not going to be happy how absolutely wonderful um so many lessons in that so many lessons just in life when you when you look at things that way um sammy look thank you so much for spending time with me today and kind of talking through this i, I really appreciate it uh you're a re remarkable person and, and your ability to in sense of self uh self-confidence is is obvious um i can understand how going through this kind of situation can make you question everything in your life and um that you are the strong person that you have that you are and you've you've been able to come through it this way it's just absolutely remarkable that that you have the confidence and the presence to be able to be to give yourself to the process to stay with it and um i'm just so happy for you sammy i really am thank you thank you i mean every every job that i've had has has promoted growth in a you know in within and i think we have to remember that too change is is not always a bad thing we can relish the things we've learned and it makes us who we are so absolutely well again thank you so much for joining us today i thank really you. appreciate it so much and uh, best of luck i can't wait to, to watch your your career continue to unfold well thank you very much to you and your team as well i've really enjoyed the process and uh, thank you for having me absolutely